Politic Podcast, the show for normal Americans. From this undisclosed bunker, here's your host, Tony Reed. You might think that the U.S. government is coming for your gas stove. That is a new and absolutely ridiculous one. Turns out Fox News and Republicans are up in arms because they say the government is coming to take your stoves. What Republicans are saying is, damn it, they're going to take your gas stove. The GOP have been stoking a ridiculous new freakout about gas stoves. No one is taking your gas stove. The right-wing freakout over the use of gas stoves is merely the latest in a long series of made-up culture war battles designed to enrage and rile up their right-wing and paranoid base. Republicans are prone to conspiracy theories, whether it's, you know, the kooky, like JFK Jr.'s coming back from the dead to run with Trump, or um, the sort of duplicitous, like this administration's coming to take away your gas stoves. Republicans have turned a government warning about your health into a lie about Democrats trying to take your stoves. You get some bureaucrat saying something that has no power, and then suddenly you have Ron DeSantis, so I'm going to protect your gas. Everybody's going to be talking about gas stoves, gas. It's so stupid. People were tweeting at me this weekend that Ron DeSantis is going to protect my gas stove, so, but I don't seem to be but. What the heck? The sheer stupidity of it, and if it were just bloggers, that would be one thing, but when you have Kevin McCarthy going out, and, and other people talking about gas stoves because they keep getting dumber and dumber. You know, the Republican Party has become uh, addicted to this culture of lies and conspiracy theories that they have fomented, right? And so they know that there is a substantial number of people uh, in the country, uh, in their party, who they can convince that this is true and that it will enrage those people. Uh, they, they, this is, the, this is the, the economy of and the culture of conspiracy theories, right? There are, I'm, I'm certain, you and I will be able to drive through uh, parts of the country 10 years from now, and people will be saying, do you remember back when Joe Biden was in office and they tried to take away our gas stoves? Moments later. New York City is moving to snuff out gas stoves. New York becoming the first state to ban natural gas and other fossil fuels in most new buildings, including gas stoves. The new law requires all electric heating and cooking in new buildings shorter than seven stories by 2026. Governor Kathy Hochul and the Democratic-controlled state legislature approved a bill on Tuesday prohibiting the use of fossil fuels for heating and cooking. The- well, I'll tell you something. <clears throat> I'd rather have Joe Biden drooling than any Republican. <laughs> And welcome back to Flyover Politic Podcast. It is the 8th of May, year of our Lord, 2023. Woo, we got a good show today. We got a good show. We started off with a montage of literally what the media 
said, mocking about Gastos, and now we're taking away Matt Gastos. And, of course, Joy Behar, who says she'd rather have a drooling POTUS. So, let's give her a drooling POTUS. Their budget that they promoted, that it was attached to their debt ceiling increase, um, but they tied them together now. I want to make that clear. You all know this, I know, but for the listeners, they've tied it together. They say, we're not going to increase the debt that every president has done for the last six million years here. Uh, never hadn't done anything but that, unless you pass our budget as we're proposing. Now... Their budget would put 21 million people at risk of losing Medicaid. It would cut federal law enforcement by 28,000 personnel. 28,000, FBI, DEA, etc. It would cut 100,000 teachers and support staff. It would cut 30 million, 30 million veterans health care visits. And I increased the VA budget because the veterans were in such difficult shape. And you talk about fighting for the soul of America, but can we level set in terms of the soul of America? Right now, hate crimes are on the rise, random acts of gun violence, women are under attack. Mr. President? I'll I'll do one. The answer is yes, because that's why we can't let, well, um, we cannot let this election be one where the same man who was president four years ago becomes president again. You remember when it was bad that the previous POTUS only went to Fox News, and that was bad. It's all bad. That's that's uh, that's all they have. It's nonstop, and it brings us to today's polls. Yeah. Oh, that's definitely not it. That that's it. Okay, we're we're on the right page today took a bunch of YouGovs. The first one. How concerned, if all, are you about the potential surge in migrant crossings? Answer, 62%. Let's chat about Mexico a bit. Would you say you feel more sympathetic or unsympathetic? Answer, this one's going crazy. I can't have them both at the same time. Unsympathetic by 55%. And remember, this is liberal. This is all liberal. This is YouGov. Do you generally think migration from the U.S.-Mexico border is good or a bad thing for the U.S.? Bad, 57%. Agree or disagree? Does the U.S. spend too much resources on the border? Oh, it's working together. Disagree. We don't spend enough. 64%. Do you approve or disapprove of the president's handling of the fucking border? And this one, my friends, 67%. If you were president of the United States, how would you handle the Mexican migration? And, you know, I didn't see what other people did. Would you support or oppose local area implementation of similar policies for uh, non-citizens? And this is to vote. 72% said fucking no currently non-citizens are unable to register a vote in federal elections which comes closest to your opinion non-citizens should not be able to vote non-citizens by 79 percent 
Would you support or oppose your area lowering, lowering the voting age to 16? 78% said no. Do you think it's generally easy or difficult to register to vote? 78% said easy. Agree or disagree? Climate change isn't as serious as pe- problem people make it out of. 54% agree. That's pretty bad. Pretty fucking bad. But they're going to continue on. They're just always going to continue on. It's literally what they do. So because we believe in both sides getting to speak, here is the RNC's counter to Biden's election campaign. Just in, we can now call the 2024 presidential race for Joe Biden. This morning, an emboldened China invades Taiwan. Financial markets are in free fall as 500 regional banks have shuttered their doors. Border agents were overrun by a surge of 80,000 illegals yesterday evening. Officials closed the city of San Francisco this morning, citing the escalating crime and fentanyl crisis. Who's in charge here? It feels like the train is coming off the tracks. Another thing that started circling this week, which goes very well with this. You can even even become... 24 minutes of liberals talking about election denial. Let's enjoy just a little bit of it. I'm the nominee. nominee. And you can have the election election stolen stolen from from you. She still says that, by the way. She's never stopped saying that. How can you win with Russian interference? That's what I'm saying. Right, right, right. Because I think you're president. Hakeem Jeffries. Hillary again. Hillary again. Hillary again. Look at Gore. Look at all these people. Oh my God, that was back in. No, you know what this is? Five Florida electoral. Bush. Al Gore. Let's scroll. Obama even said it. Oh, that's a lot of 2000 election. That's a good 10 minutes right fucking there. 2004 election. Liberals always fight this. Let us listen. Here's Nancy Pelosi. You you came came back there and said, get over it. No, we're not going to get over it. You know it. I know it. They know it. We won that election. Constantly shifting vote towers in Ohio. And malfunctioning electronic machines which may not have paid receipts what electronic machines not working fox just got sued for that how did she say that have led to additional loss of confidence by the public the right to vote has been stolen from qualified voters the new yorker reported that gary right to vote that proxies for bush had rigged many of the voting machines in 2004 the democratic process was thwarted the 2004 presidential election in ohio was riddled with unnecessary problems some machines malfunctioned causing votes to be counted more than once Suggestive gross voting rights violations and misconduct. 
I join with my colleagues in objecting to counting the state of Ohio's electoral votes. As of 2000, the votes of many wanted to vote were not in fact counted. This last Friday night, I, I arranged to meet Senator Kerry at a fundraiser to give him a copy oh of my book. God, no. He told me he now thinks the election was stolen. The wife of John Kerry said she is lingering The big lie. The big lie. And this goes on for quite a while. So we, we know this because we're smart. We're not stupid. We don't need Google. 2018. Oh my God in heaven. Is the governor of Florida. Using the word rigged, using the word steal, do you think it's dangerous going into 2020? I I don't because we can actually back it up. Oh, we can back it up. If she had a fair election, she already would have won. Oh my God! Did she wait? She was carted out as the greatest thing ever and allowed to say she didn't say it. What else do we got here? Oh, this is all 2018. I thought. Oh, here we go. 2022 midterms. For me and for many in our state. And that, and that is, is, we want. I'm not saying it's going to be legitimate. The increase, the prospects of being illegitimate is a direct recourse towards not being able to get these these reforms passed. Right wing yeah. extremists already have a plan to literally steal the. We paid this, didn't we? We played this. They're garbage humans. Let's face it, they are garbage humans. And then we find out this week that literally the 55 motherfuckers only did it so that they could give him a talking point. Co-author a letter warning Hunter Biden laptop could be Russian disinfo. Wanted to give Biden campaign a talking point. Uh, a new report from the Washington Examiner, Jerry Ledley, because nobody else will cover it. CI Director Mitchell Morell, one of the document's two primary authors, pitched a letter to other f- former officials as a potential talking point for the campaign. We're going to get to that in a second. Do I have the... There it is. I got them out of order. Sorry. Biden needed to lie to the American people about Hunter's laptop for the presidential debate so he could say the Russian disinfo. And let's go ahead. Uh, where the hell are we at? Uh, 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 I think it's this one right here. Sorry. I I did this differently um, this time, and it's kind of a pain in the ass. John Solomon. Former acting Mitchell Morrell in an email on October 19, 2020, that he was attempting to give Biden 2020 presidential campaign some ammunition to push back on Trump during the debate as he urged Brennan to sign on the letter calling Hunter Biden's laptop a possible Russian disinformation operation. Can I add your name to this list? Morrell asked Brennan in the email, trying to give the campaign, particularly during the debate on October 22, 2020, a talking point to push back on Trump on this issue. Morrell explains, admitting the letter is to help Biden during the showdown with Trump, to which Brennan responded, okay, Michael, and my name to list. Good initiative. It's literally election interference, interference and treason. But not in our shitty-ass media. Not in our shitty-ass media. We are not going to fucking acknowledge that. We're not going to let it go because we are scumbags. That's the actual, pi- and in it, 
We'll be adding Leon, Sue Gordon, Jay Johnson, Georgia, Lisa Monaco, Mike Rogers, and working on adding Dan Coates, Mike Rogers, and Tom Boser. And a lot of other IC career folks trying to give the campaign a talking point. Hmm. That's, that's pretty bad. That's really bad. I think that's bad. This guy is an ex-supervisor in the FBI, and he was urging people to go into the Capitol. And he's going to jail. It says the officer during the January 6th attack on Capitol was previously the supervisory special agent in charge of homegrown violent extremism for the FBI. So let's do a little math, boys and girls. How much do you think he had into getting to people going to the Capitol? Anyone take a guess? I, I'm sure it was quite a bit. I'm, I'm just a betting man. Man gets 14 years for not touching anybody, but they got those charges to stick. Yeah, just wanted to get that up front. It's, it's extra special good. This is, this is how we roll shit. And nothing has changed. We're sitting here getting ready to go into a, another election and... Here is Leon Permetta with Jake Tapper doing the Russia, Russia, Russia. And former CIA director President, under President Obama, Leon Panetta. Secretary Panetta, um, sources tell CNN that U.S. officials had no warning that an attack like this was coming and that the Ukrainians assure them privately they had nothing to do with it. Uh, what's your take? Jake, uh, this this really does smell like a, a false flag operation on the part of the Russians, a, a diversion, if you will. Uh, and, and if somebody was really trying to make an effort uh, at an assassination attempt, uh, it was pretty far-fetched. So why do we think they're going to start back up on that? Could it be that maybe all their lies and their deceit and the constant, constant shading of truth and ignoring facts and how Mushmouth can't carry a sentence with the thesaurus, a dictionary, and Google's assist. He's just not good. But they know they can't get anybody else to fucking get elected because nobody likes anybody. Do you think anybody wants... Kamala? Well, as we start our top six today, it's clearly obvious it's due to his polls. This poll is just brutal for President Biden. Absolutely, George. And you talked earlier about that record low approval rating for President Biden. It's actually six points down just since February. And the skepticism over his leadership extends deep inside his own party. Only 36% of Democrats think that their party should nominate Joe Biden for a second term. 58% say they would uh, support someone else or prefer someone else. That's despite the fact that the entire DNC, most of the Democratic establishment, has rallied behind President Biden. And you're seeing real weaknesses in the coalition that 
empowered Joe Biden to the presidency back in, in 2020. Biden carried independence by 13 points against Donald Trump. He is now trailing Trump by nine points among those same voters. He carried black voters by 75 points in 2020. Now he is up just 35. That may sound like a lot, but the fact of the matter is, in, in modern politics, that is not the kind of number that a Democrat needs to be victorious. And then, of course, that, that does spill over into the head-to-head -head matchup, the hypothetical rematch, Trump versus Biden. Right now, a seven-point edge in our poll from uh, in Trump leading Biden. And, and, and in fact, it's an identical number with Ron DeSantis in a head-to-head -head that might happen next November. That tells us at this very early stage, George, that this race is shaping up a lot more about the incumbent president, Joe Biden, than it is about any of his challengers. And this is interesting because all, despite all of that, despite the strength that we're seeing for Donald Trump right now, a, a strong majority of Americans think he should be facing criminal charges across a range of investigations, including on this one, 56% say that he should face charges over his attempts to overturn the 2020 election. What's interesting to me about this, George, is that even among that 56%, the people that think that, yes, Trump should face criminal charges, 18% say they would vote for Donald Trump over Joe Biden anyway. That tells you a lot about Trump's potential strength, but maybe more than that, some of Biden's weaknesses. And that question of age that, that you mentioned earlier that Joe Biden has been trying to address, Donald Trump is, is less than four years younger than Joe Biden, but the concerns over Biden's age are much more significant. 68% of voters say they think that Joe Biden is too old for an additional term. Only 44% say the same about Donald Trump. Rick, I got to admit, I have a hard time wrapping my head around that. You've got one in five people who say they believe President Trump should be fa should face criminal charges, but they'd still vote for him. It is it is remarkable, and I do think once there's a matchup with an actual person, maybe that changes. But that just tells you about how much Trump is kind of baked into the political equation. That's not looking good for the home team. And then we have an interesting non-obey bumper between videos. Here are old libs. Constantine, you got Marr with uh, doggone must that drove him crazy. And even Dreyfus going how the new rules are literally something that makes him want to puke. Starting in 2024, films will be required to meet new inclusion standards um, to be eligible for the Academy Awards for Best Picture. They'll have to have a certain percentage of actors or crew from underrepresented racial and ethnic groups. 
do you think of these new inclusion standards for films? They make me vomit. Why? Because this is an art form. It's also a, a form of comedy. So you, you have the perspective, I think, that people from your country, from lots of countries have here, that this country's better off than a lot of the people who are native to it will not allow. For some reason, they have to shit on it. I, I mean, when I talk to immigrants, that is one thing they do not like about the left, that they're always down right. on this country. We're irredeemable and we're racist and everything is looked through yeah. shit-stained glasses. <laughs> and they're like, you know, ask them why they came here and they will tell you, Ron DeSantis put me on a plane. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, when I see... How many of the young people like yeah. want to give socialism and I and sometimes Marcus, Marxism mm. a try? I think Andrew Sullivan wrote a great column on it. He said Marx, Karl Marx, the most assigned economist yes. at the top schools, the third most taught book, and Marx was a huge asshole. To me, someone who comes from the Soviet Union is mind-boggling. And you were talking earlier about why this woke ideology is so dangerous to the West. It is because people in other parts of the world are not teaching their young children to hate their own country. And if you, if you continue to do this, how is, how is the West going to do in the battle of civilizations? Because that's what we're in, right? I... The Chinese want to thrive, the Russians want to thrive, and they're teaching their children to be strong, to be confident, to go out there, to learn science instead of, you know, equity and diversity. <laughs> and a bridge doesn't work very well if it's built on diversity instead of math. So, th that... My first guess is the man who made electric cars a thing and is currently working on perfecting reusable rockets, space travel, connecting the human brain directly to computers, connecting cities with electromagnetic bullet trains, the Starlink satellite system that's so important to the war in Ukraine, and then on Tuesday... <laughs> he's gonna work on that tunnel thing on traffic. He also tweets a lot. Elon Musk, ladies and gentlemen. Did I get the uh, full order of things that you do in a day there? When I was reading there, I left out the tunnel thing at the end. Um, uh, do, you, do you work on yeah, all these A lot of jobs. Do you do all these things every day? Do you work on all of them in a single day? No. No. Uh, but I do have, <laughs> I do have a long work day. Um, yeah. So I work a lot. It's really heartening, not disheartening. It's very heartening. We're getting to a point that people are starting to realize what the left is, is a bunch of fascist cocksuckers that are gonna go for any far left craziness they can find. And big time libs can't even support it. They just can't support this craziness, which before we get into the subway sound bites, it's gonna be a sound bite straight function now because it's it's they're trying to make George Floyd too here are just a minute of different videos of this Neely guy and how violent he really was
What, nigga? What are you gonna what, do? Nigga, I'm gonna what smack you gonna that do? fucking camera out here, nigga. What, nigga? Do? Fuck out of here, nigga. I call a cop. I call a cop. Don't punch me, nigga. I'll do something. I'll call a cop. You gonna do something? Oh, swing it, nigga. Swing it, man. I call a cop, nigga. I'll call a cop. I will. I will. I didn't know you could fish here. You can. You can? Yeah. What are you fishing for? Are you videotaping me? Yeah. Why? Because you're in public. I can. I've never seen anybody fish here before. I videotaped that which I find interesting and unique about the city of New York. Well, it's a good thing. Yeah, you can. You can um, go right on the, the Central Park website. Oh, okay. See, and you tie them. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can tell by your manner that you're from New York. Get the hell out of here. Is it my accent? It's everything about you, uh -huh. I would say. <laughs> so when you videotape people, and I don't mind, right? but I bet you some people do, yeah, they assault me sometimes. Is that true? Yeah. So having seen that, this guy wasn't a good dude. He is definitely not what we would say a person you'd want to play fuck, fuck, goose with. But because the left is so extreme... Listen to this soundbite by this lady and maybe you've already seen it but saying that we as humans need to get our, sh our asses kicked to help a demographic they want because they vote for them man just wow um i i was hit at one point sitting on the subway by a man who was having a mental health episode he sat next to me and he was elbowing and kind of flailing around and hit, hit me in the face and in my body and I, I it was jarring right um the idea that i i would want him to be hurt in any way i just didn't want to be near him in that moment because mm -hmm. i understood something was going on here every one of us who's taken public transit has had this kind of situation ha something similar happen seeing someone struggling that doesn't mean that our fear in that instance and i was a little scared because i my i, I was hit it's a problem like it's but, people but, that but, need but help but i would but like my fear is not the primary right. uh, primary uh object of like what we should be focusing on right now it's the fact that this person is in pain um and so like the politics of dehumanization privileges the the bourgeois kind of concern of people's like immediate discomfort in this narrow narrow instance as opposed to larger humanity and life it's really freaking twisted yeah i just our personal comfort i believe every human has the right to not get their fucking asses kicked by some psycho they are so far now Jesus is a 30 year old black man riding the subway hungry thirsty fed up you're equating this moon bat with Jesus okay but as you can expect CNN they brought on the the resistance and got their point of view. New York City Public Advocate Jamani Williams and the Policy Director of Criminal Justice and Civil Liberties at the R Street Institute, Jillian Snyder, who's also a retired NYPD officer. It's good to have both of you with us this morning. So Jamani, you've called, you want charges to be brought immediately. You put out a lengthy statement here. Mayor Adams is saying the investigation needs to be allowed to proceed first. We saw some of those protests. 
What do you say to Mayor Adams this morning? Well, so first, the baseline that we know, uh, there was a homeless man uh, that uh, was talking about his needs. He was choked to death. That is what's happened. Um, I do agree about an investigation. Mm -hmm. I think that should start with charges. Uh, lots of things can happen after the charges. But when you have a man who was killed on video by another man, uh, there should be charges that are put out there. And I think it's because who was killed that hasn't happened. I also am concerned that we have a mayor that has yet to say that vigilantism is not what we want. I'm also concerned that we have a governor that hasn't made those type of statements, even previously saying she's making laws around bail based on what she sees on the paper, not on what's actually happening. So I'm concerned that our executives are creating an environment where these things can continue. As a former New York Police Department officer, how do you see it when it comes to this subject of vigilantism and people stepping in uh, in a situation like what we saw here? I don't know if I would call it vigilantism. Again, I wasn't on the subway. We're still learning as things unfold. I don't know what the perception of fear of the individuals who were in the subway car was. I do not know what the individuals who held Mr. Neely down, I don't know what they were thinking. So again, I don't want to call it vigilantism. Mm -hmm. I want to say it was an attempt to subdue someone who, yes, was mentally ill, was homeless, who was definitely displaying that he needed stuff and he wasn't getting what he needed. So I think we really need to see how this pans out. There's also this larger conversation, right? We've been talking here in New York City. There's been so much talk about, is it safe on the subway? Is it not? You know, I did some digging into this last year. And when you look at the statistics, the statistics are one thing, but it's how people feel. And there was this effort. We're going to, uh, we're going to tackle mental health. We're going to put more officers down there in the subway stations to help work on mental health. Not a lot has happened since then. Is there any sense that you're seeing that things are changing in terms of not only how people experiencing a mental health crisis or homelessness are being treated and helped in the city, but also how the residents of New York City are addressing it? Because that's part of it, too. So Jordan Neely would have been failed in the city and the state and how we do uh, 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 mental health now, mm -hmm. just as he was failed the previous years. I do want to make clear that you can say vigilantism shouldn't be happening while saying you're not sure what happened here. Both of those things can happen at the same time, and we need to hear that. But I also want to be clear, um, someone assisting law enforcement has always happened. That's always happened. Mm -hmm. Here we have someone that, by some accounts, wasn't just holding someone down. They had them in a chokehold for 15 minutes. Jordan Neely was choked to death. That's what happened. And we should call out his name, and I want to respect his humanity. Mm -hmm. We also, I just passed a bill thanks to the city council uh, called the Homelessness uh, Bill of Rights. What we didn't put in there is the right not to be choked to death uh, on a subway car because we didn't. What about everybody else's rights? I mean, I, I feel bad for homeless people, man. I, I, you know, I know most of them are by choice. It's their lifestyle. It's what they've done to get where they're at. Drugs, what, what have you. But these Bill of Rights for homeless people to shit on your doorstep. There was a segment on On Patrol this weekend where somebody shit on the bumper of somebody's car. And somehow that wasn't a crime. They want to make this Another ability for them to bully people into voting for Joe Biden. And how do I know that? Well, here's the receipts. They're tearing shit up already.
Officer to the prisoner transport vehicle, or if you resist arrest, you may be charged with additional crimes. <laughs> Whoever did that, y'all are iconic. Since you have refused to leave the roadway, you will be placed under arrest on the charge of disorderly conduct. If you do not cooperate and accompany the arresting officer to the prisoner transport vehicle, or if you resist arrest, you may be charged with additional crimes. Since you have refused to leave the roadway,
Cohen, Jay Cohen. Protesters gathered outside the Manhattan District Attorney's Office on Friday to demand charges for a white former U.S. Marine who was seen on video putting a black homeless man in a deadly chokehold on a New York City subway train. The city's medical examiner said 30-year-old Jordan Neely died by compression to his neck in the incident on Monday. The examiner's homicide finding alone does not imply intent or culpability, which are issues that prosecutors will consider in deciding whether to bring criminal charges. What do we want? Justice. When do we want it? Now. Protesters held signs that read, smash white vigilantism and indict the coward, and expressed outrage over the lack of city support for those suffering from mental illness and homelessness. The murder of Jordan Neely is the direct result of the systematic abandonment of, of homeless people, of uh, people in mental health crises. Video of the incident, which has circulated on social media, showed two other men restraining Neely's arms before his body goes limp. The altercation occurred after he boarded the train and began yelling at passengers, saying he was hungry and ready to die, according to a report from the New York Times citing police. That's because right. Jordan Neely looked like me. He was black. He was an artist. He danced. All righty, then. We had a little bit of a major breakdown. I guillotined myself on the Internet cable, so I stopped being lazy and ran a new one. But the end fell off. And, man, I haven't crimped an Ethernet cable in decades. But I did it because I have the kit. And I just put a new end on it. And we are golden, even though I don't like the way I see this cable right here. Let's move this back because that is bad juju. That's going to get caught on something. And I'm going to rip it out of the wall. But we are good to go. So that is all they're doing because a guy got choked on <clears throat> a train. And they're trying to make it another George Floyd. And it's not. This dude was a bad dude. He wasn't a good guy. But unfortunately, because it's New York, I fear for that vet because, as usual, if it's Christian or it's vet, you can see the true hatred the left has for people. And it's back. I mean, he's a train killer.
they said. Train killer. So our next segment is going to be about Mayorkas, who once again went on TV and actually uttered the phrase, along with the press sec, that 6.5 million people come in, the border's not open. and the plans that are in place, obviously, for majority Venezuelan migrants that was expanded to Haitian, Cuban, and Nicaraguan migrants. Why isn't that policy being enforced right now? Many of the migrants I'm meeting along the streets of Brownsville are swimming in between the ports of entry. As you have mentioned, if that happens, they're supposed to be returned. They're not being returned, and they're single adults without family here. Why is that happening? So um, uh, I think uh, you are actually uh, mistaken because the parole process for Cubans, Haitians, Nicaraguans, and Venezuelans that we first announced and implemented on January 5th is uh, underway and continues uh, to be underway. And we continue, if I may, if I may, it does. And if I may, we continue uh, to parole individuals of those four nationalities when they qualify under the program uh, that we established and announced. And that requires a sponsor here in the United States to ensure that those individuals have financial stability and they are able to arrive in a safe and orderly way. That is indeed underway. And we continue, and we continue to expel Cubans, Haitians, Nicaraguans, and Venezuelans. The number of Venezuelans that we've been able to expel has actually diminished over the past two weeks. The cause of that is a very complicated one. We've sat down with uh, the Mexican government and those expulsions, and of course, in a post-Title 42 environment, those removals will continue. And that is why the message is so important, that people, vulnerable people, are Let me be clear. Our border is not open and will not be open after May 11th. He has tools that he's used to, to make sure that we do this. We actually deal with the immigration system in a humane way uh, and in a, in a way that is uh, uh, that actually deals with what we're seeing at the border. And that's why you've seen the parolee program be so successful. Uh, it has, it has, um, it has uh, uh, when it comes to illegal migration, you've seen it come down uh, by more than 90%. And that's because of this act, the actions that this president has taken. It is so mockable that somebody made this. Uh, when it comes to illegal migration, you've seen it come down uh, by more than 90%. And that's because of this act, the actions that the president has taken. He has tools that he's used. When it comes to illegal migration, you've seen it come down by more than 90%. Where did that number come from? It was, I was speaking. I hear you. I'm about to answer. I'm about, I'm about to answer you. If the dramatics can come down just a little bit. If the dramatics can come down a little bit. It is almost comedic how they have lied so fucking much. Nobody's ever lied like this. I mean, you could say Trump's little, uh, that was the largest largest ever uh, inauguration. Okay, that was bad, but this is life or death shit. Because people are fucking dying because they're letting every Tom, Dick, and Harry into the country. And as she's running her cock trap on Friday, here's what it really looked like on the border. And yeah, you see broad daylight runner.
Voy, voy, This is the biggest crime a president's ever committed. 6.5 million people have come through. It'll be 15,000 a day starting on Thursday. It's going to be nonstop. Fentanyl, the murders they do, the DUIs, you just make a list. And it's all because they want to replace people that won't vote for them. That's all it's about. His oath is to protect the United States and enforce the laws, the Constitution. Who the fuck are they to let 6.5 million people in here just because you want to? I mean, if a Republican did this kind of stuff, messed, messed with the electorate, 
Because that's what they're doing. They're dumping these people in red districts so they can fucking win them. Because they're going to eventually push and mandate that they'll be able to vote. Even though America's against it, they're going to do it. It's just criminal. So in light of people actually starting to fight back as polls bad, we have a litany of evil sound bites. The first one I missed because I played it, but I didn't really hit the point. And here's Whoopi saying, it's totally horrible to get a bunch of people to think like you and silence others. Republicans banned her from the chamber for the remainder of the legislative session, claiming she broke the rules of decorum. But protesters are demanding that they let her speak. Now, what the hell is going on in this country? That's what I want to know. Yeah, what are the rules of decorum? Well, no, what are the rules that say... I don't like what you're saying. Yeah. So I'm going to get a whole bunch of people yeah. to think like I think, and we're going to ban you from talking. Yeah. God in heaven, you guys have been doing that for like ever. It's what we're living right now with this trans craziness. Then we have a Washington Post guy saying that there's going to be secession because the red states are horrible people. And Chuck Todd started this weekend about Clarence Thomas and said, what would be the reaction if this happened to Sotomayor? Well, it's pretty simple, Chuck. You and the media would ignore it. If you look ahead a year, I think it's very hard. Uh, I really don't think most Americans, even attentive Americans, have really focused on the fact that a year from now, Donald Trump is going to be the strongest person in the country in some respects. Certainly, he's going to dominate the Republican Party. At that point, he will be accumulating votes, which in this country is is the ultimate certification of legitimacy. And so I think he's going to be in an incredibly powerful position. He's going to make it clear to his supporters that if he loses, it can only be as a result of fraud. And therefore, I think the entire Republican Party is going to, if Trump loses, say that the election was fraudulent. And at that point, um, I think we face a very serious possibility of dissolution of the United States and secession. Just ask yourself this. Imagine the reaction from those same very senators. Uh, If a liberal justice was accused of taking money from a donor, oh, let's say George Soros, and he was paying the tuition of, say, the niece of Sonia Sotomayor. Ask yourself what the reaction would be. Yeah, Chuck, it would never happen. Our next is Scarborough talking about guns again in Afghanistan and just babbling, and I got to play it. And then Capehart saying they're passing laws that are very unpopular. Well, there's a latest poll that has come out. It's, it's a pretty interesting concept that 70% oppose puberty blockers for children, nearly 80% support DeSantis's laws. Their policies are not popular. They're not popular whatsoever. Nobody wants them. Nobody believes in this gender fluid fucking horse shit. It's it's not real. But they push it because they think if they can say it over and over, they'll get people to buy off on it. There was another one, and let me see if I got this. Uh, I did not get it, I don't think. No. Unfortunately, I didn't get it, which is bad juju. Um... New York Post had another poll. 
believe gender is determined at birth and against biolo- women, biological males shouldn't be playing against women. I uh, found that 57% of America believe gender is based on sex. And then 57% believe that men should not be whooping up on women. That's what they believe. But Capehart says something else. But the ache, the heartache, and the loss that was expressed in the clip that we just showed, that lasts forever. It affects a community forever. And it's inexplicable why, as you point out, largely the Republican Party is responsible for standing in the way of any substantive progress, even the smallest elements of progress, in terms of getting control of this virus that is crippling America, the gun virus. Uh, It is truly inexplicable. There's no way you can talk about it without, uh, there's no way you can understand what their motives are. Are they that afraid of one outfit, the National Rifle Association? It's crazy. I I, I mean, it's inexplicable. I don't know what else to say. It's just inexplicable. It's just inexplicable. And Willie, we're now seeing images that resemble a, a film that we saw out of Vietnam video that we saw out of Fallujah, video that we saw out of Kandahar, video that we see when our soldiers are fighting foreign. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. The Declaration of Independence certainly rings hollow today as the Republican Party continues to push legislation that's not only wildly unpopular and dangerous, but also strips these unalienable rights from Americans. Our next one is why we are getting mass shootings and they're killing white people because they keep on putting shit this like this on, on air. GOP is lynching. They're back into lynching again. And it'll be followed up with another hypocritical statement by... Pisaki about the justices again because they just can't they have no intellectual honesty they clearly don't pay attention to what they say and do. I think the most important political priority for any political party is to not be the people telling people what to do. For the last five years, we've heard from Republicans, especially even during COVID, about how freedom was going to reign and that they were just going to let people make decisions for themselves. They want to be the cool mom of politics. Well, that era has ended. And I think that there is a specific type of libertarianism that is very popular in America unlike the Libertarian Party. But there's a specific type of don't tell me what to do, let me make my decisions, let me make my decisions for my family that is very politically profitable. And I think that if Democrats are able to say that we are the party that says you can make these decisions, you can make decisions for your family, your family can make decisions for themselves, I think that that will be politically profitable. A little after 3.30 p.m. local time yesterday, a gunman walked into an outlet mall in Allen, Texas, and opened fire. Nine people, including the shooter, are dead. Just in the last few minutes, President Biden released a statement saying the gunman was wearing tactical gear and armed with an AR-15-style assault weapon. In Texas alone, the list of communities impacted by mass gun violence is horrifying in length. 
Fort Hood in Sutherland Springs, Santa Fe in El Paso, Midland, Odessa, Uvalde a year ago this month, the small town of Cleveland just nine days ago, and now Allen. Eight people killed for the crime of going shopping on a Saturday afternoon. It's yet another reminder of why many of us don't feel safe from guns anywhere. Every time my kids, age five and seven, walk out the door these days, I am scared to death for their safety. And I know I am not alone. If you don't feel safe at schools or places of worship, you are not alone either. If you don't feel safe at grocery stores or parades or movie theaters, you're not alone. And if you don't feel safe at shopping malls, you are not alone. And if you are sick of being told that calling for change is politicizing tragedy, you are definitely not alone. The issue here is not about you being outraged or fearing for your own life and the lives of loved ones. The problem is not you calling for change and for leaders to actually do something. The people politicizing tragedy here are not the people calling for change. The people politicizing tragedy are those fighting against change. And unfortunately, Texas is a prime example. Here's what Governor Abbott had to say at an NRA convention held in Texas just days after the shooting in Uvalde last year. Remember this, there are thousands of laws on the books across the country that limit the owning or using of firearms. Laws that have not stopped madmen from carrying out evil acts on innocent people in peaceful communities. So clearly Governor Abbott felt pretty good about the gun laws in his state at that time. And boy, has he continued to make the NRA proud. And our next montage is evil. I am being very mean by doing this, but I really wanted to play this. The first one is somebody actually saying, yeah, Trump's not linked to anything from J J6. But the rest are Nicole Wallace. Her evolution from conservative to libtar in audio form. I'm sorry that I did this. Any minute now, Attorney General Merrick Garland is expected to hold a news conference on the Justice Department's big win in court today in its January 6th investigation. More than two and a half years since the disgraced ex-president told them to, quote, stand back and stand by, a call that helped to galvanize the Proud Boys to serve as the tip of the spear of the mob that stormed the U.S. Capitol months later. Four members of the Proud Boys, including the group's leader, Enrique Tarrio, were convicted today of seditious conspiracy. This victory by the Justice Department, while it is a milestone in the massive and hugely consequential federal investigation into that plot to overturn an election and overturn democracy on January 6th, only underscores questions about holding accountable the man who, as January 6th committee vice chair Liz Cheney so memorably puts it, quote, summoned the mob, assembled the mob, and lit the flame of this attack. Of course, we're talking about the disgraced ex-president himself. There, there, to your point, there has been such a call and response relationship to groups like the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers and others with the former president that everyone is going to be thinking, okay, you've gotten not just the foot soldiers, not just their leaders, um, such as the leader of the Proud Boys, but what about 
the actual leader of what happened on January 6th. Um, I'm not looking at facts in a vacuum anymore. I'm understanding how these groups were built, how they were created, and then how they were inspired by the former president's words. Yeah, and I mean, I think even more um, pointedly, how they were directed. I mean, he told them when to come, he told them where to go, and he wanted to join them where he told them to go and where they followed. He meant what he meant. And I think there was a misperception that we understood and accepted some of the spin that he just wanted everybody's votes. I think the truth is closer to what Amon's talking about. They were already so intersected into his political organization through people who were known spokespeople and operatives for the Trump campaign and the Trump candidacy and um, some of the darker arts he's now very publicly known to have been associated with. And I wonder what you think this means both in terms of the Justice Department having some a real track record now at successfully prosecuting seditious conspiracy and the questions they're now going to have to deal with as to whether or not they can prosecute Trump for the same crimes. Uh, no question, Nicole, that in the debate he recognized that these extremist factions really were the voice of a certain group of people um, that he needed on his side and he wasn't going to cut them back and he wasn't going to reject them when asked over and over again whether or not he wanted to de deride or dismiss white supremacy and white supremacist groups, um, alt-right groups. Second question I think you, you raise is whether or not Donald Trump can be charged with a crime in the wake of now this third trial uh, and great success for the Department of Justice in bringing and winning convictions uh, for seditious conspiracy. The key in seditious conspiracy is violence. A critical element is that you must be using force to overturn your government. It's a rarely brought charge for a reason. Not a lot of people try to violently overthrow the U.S. government, use force in a conspiracy to do so. And Right now, I know, and I think many of the people on your panel know, the prosecutors do not have evidence in hand linking the effort of Enrique Terrio, Stuart Rhodes, and other lieutenants of theirs to Donald Trump. They do not have this smoking gun evidence that shows that Donald Trump was directing an effort to... I think you wrote something that changed the <coughs> equation. I mean, I think what you wrote yesterday about this is who we are, question mark. Well. I mean, the... the country and who we are after next election day is on the ballot. And I, I hear you on the policy stuff, but I think this is about more than just connecting and getting the priorities right. I think this is about saving the country. And I don't think well, that's, and, and I think that's where the Democrats have the opportunity to reach across the aisle and grab the attention. We know Donald Trump's going to be watching. Republicans will be watching. And, and I, I think you put it perfectly in what you wrote yesterday. It's, it's, and I think Joe Biden so far has sort of branded his candidacy, if you will, exactly. with that message that this is that. about taking a two-by-four to the ugliest aspects of Trumpism, the racism, the misogyny. I mean, the three legs of Donald Trump's stool, the Access Hollywood tape came roaring back into the headlines with another accusation of assault. The Muslim ban was updated with the, the, mm -hmm. you know, the, 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 the children being victimized by his immigration policies. Those aren't mistakes to the policy. That is the that policy. That is the policy. That those, is the policy to bugs, penalize. Exactly. And, and, you know, taking the country to the brink of war with Iran, that was, that was you know, for kicks for the president last week, he was telegraphed. Jeremy, on, on sort of the broader conversation that's been happening in the days since um, Bob Woodward and Bob Costa's um, excerpts of their book, Peril, have come out. 
I've, I've been wanting to ask your thoughts about, first, General Milley's conduct, which he is defending. And um, a lot of people are saying that when all the adults and the guardrails and everyone else failed or couldn't take Donald Trump anymore, he stayed and protected the country and did the right thing. And but over in delusional America, um, where disinformation rules the day, there are calls for his firing and worse. Your thoughts? Well, a couple things. Here's my question for you, Ben Rhodes. This is absolutely political. These are the political supporters of the most prominent politician in the Republican Party. Of course, this is political. And um, I'm not arguing that this was a good idea, but September 11th, was in the foreground of the midterm elections in 02 when Bush's party held the held the his you know held Congress and I, and I wonder what your advice is. I, I think the security questions of the Republican Party as a domestic terror threat that were raised by the police officers whose political affiliation is unknown should be front and center. But but you almost need like the bottom third. Um, sort of with the flashing red light, nothing he says is true. Nothing he says is true. We are not combating Russian meddling. He lied to a Swedish reporter today. I don't know if that ends up at the ICC or not. We are not um, some global leader in steel production. You looked it up, you know, before the show. We make five percent of the steel. I mean, you know, the '80s are calling, and they want all their political fights back. Carl Cameron, I want to start with you, and, and I want to ask you what goes on. I mean, obviously. A mass shooter is responsible for the violence and the heinous acts that the mass shooter committed. It is also true that the ideology left in the mass shooter's screed mirrors the ideology championed by Tucker Carlson. What happens at Fox News when something like this happens? On both sides of the poll. Well, one is passion, the other is delusion, um, but I, I know that is the view. Shaq Brewster, live in Houston for us. Thank you so much. We're back with State Representative Jasmine Crockett. I mean, Jasmine, no one in the arena is talking about taking anything. And in fact, if you think a background check is going to keep you from your AR-15, you clearly shouldn't have one. And if you think waiting till you're 21 is going to keep you from your AR-15, I mean, it's, it's just nonsensical. I mean, one side is at the table with the most reasonable policy proposals that are frankly quite modest, maybe too modest, but they have the support of 85% of the public behind them. The other is, is because if you have kids, your kids wake up if you have anything to do with an election, if you're an election worker or a news anchor, and they want to know what happened. And I think we have to have a conversation as a country about how we might not know the next morning what happened. We might not know the day after that. And that is their point. That is their point. They're not all running to win. Some of them will, unfortunately. They are running to sow discord in America. And it will change everything. We will wake up the morning after Election Day. We might not even call it that anymore in two years. Inclusion is to attempt an extermination. What, what, what do you do when certainly the, the last Republican president fought for, sought, and, and, and it's, it's not ideal, but had 44% of right. the Latino vote. It was, a, it was so politically powerful in, in, inside the last Republican administration. President Obama used the power of the presidency mm -hmm. to try to pass comprehensive immigration reform with the Latino community, Latino leaders at the table. You now have a president, as you said, talking about exterminating right. Latinos. And Claire, I, I guess the, the, the point isn't that, that you, you have to vote one way on um, impeachment. I think every member should vote their conscience. But don't tell me that your concern is for unity, because there is not a single member 
of the Republican Party who cared at all about unity when Donald Trump um, waved his misogyny flag or waved his racism flag or waved his reporters or enemy of the people flag. He sought to divide people on an hourly basis. On oh, you're still there? Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, that was mean. It was un- it was unnecessary. I-, I even had to walk away. I just God, that lady. What a chub. All right, so let's go into a woke. Well, before we do that, I want to cover this story. There are all sorts of this stories. They're everywhere. Of rando people of color killing people. In this case, a mentally impaired black dude. Of course, he was light-skinned, so the media will f- and the FBI will file it away as a white-on-white crime, even though it's not true. Fifteen stabs. Fifteen. And uh, that's uncool. That's completely uncool. Because of all the effort we do, uh, Republicans keep met blaming mass shootings on mental health, but then defend the killing of mental health ill, Ill mentally ill too, which is a total lie because it's the left that wants you to abort your baby. Somebody said you need a cognitive test. There's always really, you're always disconnected about, there's something really disconnected about you other than your clear immaturity. Sorry, I got to get some food in. I can't eat after two today because I got my colonoscopy. It's going to suck. This one, it was a wonderful climate communicators on this platform organizing mass blocking campaign with third party, party software in an attempt to de-amplify and suppress the free flow of information. Remember, it started with Chuck Talk. The science is settled. An absurd statement because science is never settled. So we're going to go into a woke. And the first thing, we're going to have some racial shit. And Chuck Todd, on top of all these bills and how horrible it is. But I got more proof from an unlikely source that America agrees with. So, Jamel, the term woke originated in the black community. It's since been hijacked by the right, as we've seen. But I remember, for example, when black actress Holly Bailey was cast as Ariel in The Little Mermaid not long ago. That was decried as woke run amok, even though that's not an example of hierarchies being set up. That's not an example of free speech being silenced. So what that tells me is that woke is often used by conservatives as a way to complain about black people and black activism. I mean... It, it's hard to deny when you begin to see its actual usage, not necessarily by conservative politicians, but certainly by conservative media figures, by you know people in that orbit. And you see it used to describe a black character in Star Wars, a black character in a, a Disney uh, movie, 
Um, you should see see it described a commercial with an interracial couple. You, you do begin to wonder if it's just uh, you know a term of art in this case for saying. You know, Hello there again. I'm Chuck Todd, and welcome to a brand new season of Meet the Press Reports. Each week, we do a deep dive into a single topic on the show, and this week we're going to look at the Republican efforts to restrict drag performances. Over the past four decades, America has seen a rapid cultural shift, and there's been a growing acceptance of LGBTQ rights. But with this social change has come some backlash. And in the past few years, many on the right have used GOP-controlled state legislatures to target the LGBT community with a new wave of laws. This is beyond marriage laws, which of course are now uh, granted. The ACLU has identified over 470 bills this year alone that it identifies as anti-LGBTQ. A particular focus has been targeting the trans community. And the new front line of this battle is in Tennessee, which in March took it a step further because it became the first state to restrict drag performances. On the trans front, it's getting kind of comical. This is uh, Ben Rhodes, who literally went for the stupidest thing ever. He supported, he supports all this shit because he's gay. But he says Florida and Florida and Florida. And to prove his point, he uses Indiana. Which, uh, yeah, that's not Florida. Our next soundbite is a preparatory to show you that you need to fucking homeschool. The first is a huge story done that gender fluid win prom king and queen. And it's such a great thing. Then it's a teacher. And look at the extent a teacher will do to push her sexual identity. Getting ready to head out for the day, but before I do, I wanted to show everybody what we have for Pride Week. So our school's GSA. Um, we have an annual Pride Week, and next week kicks off our Pride Week. So uh, what we did last year, we are doing again this year, and we will be doing a coin war um for donations towards the trevor project and this year kids get little prizes and things for donating so last year the biggest hits that everyone wanted were just regular old pride flags so they donate 50 cents and they get a pride flag um or they also we also have pronoun pins so we have different pins that they can get um for donating as well if they donate up to a dollar, they can get a little bracelet. So we have two different types. We have love is love. And then we have ones that say pride. So I think those will be really big hits. And then lastly, we have these awesome little pride pins that they can get. I should have made that a longer video. I also want to show you our decorations. So we have a big old sign that says coin war. Um, and then we ordered for display, and I'm probably going to put it in my classroom, um, a pride flag that says everyone is welcome here and then we have a flag banner with a whole variety of different flags and then in addition to our stuff um, our study halls are doing a um, door decorating contest so they will decorate the outside of the doors um, hopefully in theme with pride week and so that was really fun last year because we got to walk up and down the hallways and all of our kids could see like 
all the different different doors and felt supported and all of that stuff um and then we also have shirts that are coming that say y'all means all um so yeah i'm just super excited and i know our kids are super excited i'm hopeful last year it was really successful so i think with all of these fun little like gifts and things it'll even be better this year Kettering Fairmont High School made history by crowning two LGBTQ plus students, seniors Deshaun Conley and Rose Green, as prom king and queen. Well, now the Board of Education is hearing from residents in the community who want to prevent something similar from happening again. Two News reporter Seth Bird was at tonight's school board meeting and the protests beforehand where people came together to support the teens. Even when I was given the crown and I put it on my head, uh, there was a lot of boos in the crowd. I didn't hear them. I only heard the congratulating, which uh, I was very thankful for. Despite support from peers, Conley and non-binary senior Rose Green received negative feedback online. It was hurtful to Conley and it took her time to heal. It's very demeaning and it takes a lot for an individual to be able to bring themselves back to who they are and believing in themselves and being fully confident and not letting things like that pull them out of who they are as a person. For as many haters, there was plenty of support as seen at a rally before the Board of Education meeting. Absolutely, every kid should have the opportunity to be prom king, prom queen, anything they want to be. So I support the, the school and the, the students voting for who they want to be prom queen and king. Um, I love that the community is here backing up these kids and some kids are here as well, speaking out for what they believe in and supporting their friends and their family here. Inside the meeting, some community members shared a different opinion. For Joe Hoverholzer, he believes prom king and queen should be a biological male and female. For the last few years, throughout all of history in the world, it's kind of been understood. So, uh, you know, so for whatever reason, the last few years, it's, uh, it's been, been questioned. And uh, I just don't think that's a good thing for society. That was a teacher at the end, or administrator, and this is, this is just how invested they are in sexualizing kids but if it isn't schools or the democrats or chuck todd pushing gay everybody let's not procreate let's just end the human race because we put round pegs in triangles it was kind of a sexual reference i didn't mean to do that these are two moms and one of the moms says because her kid ate green things the next one is because she played with male toys which every girl does remember this is big for them they get a lot of likes and tweets and Instagram posts because they're so woke and it goes in line with what we played on the last podcast some of these parents are forcing it and these two moms are, and for a bonus, there's a British mom, also fucked up in the head. Had anxiety and would never sleep, and we couldn't figure out what the problem was. We took him to specialists and um, neurologists, and he had brain scans trying to figure out why he couldn't sleep. Um, then uh, as he grew, he got to sleeping um but his food choices were odd they were always like green vegetables raw green vegetables which if you know kids most kids don't like to eat those things um and then the precocious puberty um 
all of those things, once we figured out uh, that he was transgender, when he came to us and told us uh, that he was transgender, when we went back and realized that the pattern of everything um, that he had experienced as a child, including eating green vegetables because that boosts testosterone, were just methods of his body trying to become who he was meant to be. His brain does not match his physiology. Um, and then I, sorry, I was Christmas shopping for them. They were 18 months old and I bought one of those toy tool benches and I was making the joke that, well, when one of them comes to me and says they're a man when they're 18, I can't say I didn't see it coming just because they kind of did draw the boy toys and I was just making a joke. But I am so glad I said it out loud because I have that in my mind now that at 18 months old, something, something somewhere was telling me what he knew all along. Sure, of course. Okay, um, but so when he could start talking, he articulated to me that he was a boy. Mommy, I'm a boy. Mommy, I'm a boy. And both of my kids did, mommy, I'm a puppy, all that. It's, it was very different. And we drug our feet on it, because what? You know, it's normal to not understand that, obviously. Um, so we saw therapists and we saw doctors and ultimately we came to know what he has known all along, which is that he really is a boy. He really is. And I will be starting um, gender affirming care for him. He's been seeing doctors for years and it is a very long process. They are very thorough. So and I'm gonna interrupt you just for a second. Course. I'm gonna give you a few extra seconds to uh, prove that. You can't right. have it up. Aren't they cute though? Okay. <laughs> Okay, so, I'm, no. not, I'm not giving you that much extra. Okay. <laughs> but full disclosure, uh, this is a slightly older photo because now they are preteens and taking a photo for mom where they both smile is like, not nah, that's lame. So, um, so now that he is uh, almost 11 and starting puberty, we are discussing puberty blockers. And what that would do, it would prevent him from growing the body of a woman. Because I promise you, he's not a woman. He shouldn't be in a woman's body. And honestly, I don't think he could survive if we forced him into it. I really don't. So we will find that care for him. I will go to the ends of the earth if I had to for either of these children. And we'll probably just go to New York, not the ends of the earth, but um, if this bill passes. So please don't make us travel for doctor's appointments. Don't make us consider leaving Hey, so you've come to my house to complain about my baby wearing pink. I was just asking really why you keep putting her in pink and not other colours. Well, traditionally, girls often wear pink. Well, I think you'll find that was back in the day. I don't think it's today. I think you can wear any colour you want now. Well, one that you can. She she uh, just she uh, doesn't just she, ha she, she has other like clothes as well, but her favourite colour is pink. Well, I've only ever seen her in pink and I think that's not allowing her to have freedom of what, what do you gender mean she wants to be. She, freedom. Well, she be she's like, a baby. She's not a baby. She's, she's a baby. She's two. She looks a lot older than that to me. But anyway. Well, hold on a What's any of your concern? Well, it's my concern because I believe that the world has got better since we've got all this fluidity with genders and okay. all the different types of genders now. Okay. And I think by dressing someone in pink, 
if, if she doesn't want to be a girl when she's older, she wants to be a transgender or transgender or whatever, then she'll have been dressed in pink and you would have confused her. So I think it's nicer to dress people in all different colours. I mean, she'd look beautifully in yellow, wouldn't she? Let's well, be honest. Well, yeah, she's wearing yellow now. Hey, baby. She is. I hadn't seen she was sorry. But she's got pink trousers on with rainbows on. Now, I do like the rainbow. I definitely like the rainbows on her trousers. Now, that's good. Okay. But, okay. you know. Okay. Firstly, yeah, you're wearing pink glasses, okay? I think you'll find these are mauve. Are you colorblind mauve. or something? These are mauve. These mauve. Are mauve. What color are these, young lady? Yeah, she says pink, but they're not pink. They are mauve, mauve, mauve glasses. Okay. So, so. And actually, they're blue inside. So a little bit of pink, mauve and blue. I've got all the colors, you see. Sorry. Much healthier, much healthier for the brain, the mindset. <laughs> Sorry. So, <laughs> I'm just a little bit baffled to like why you're actually here. I'm just asking why you keep dressing going in pink. I think you should give her more choices of colour. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. But she, she, how, however I want to dress her, okay, yeah? The way how I parent her is <laughs> nothing to do with you. Well, it is to do with me because I, <laughs> I, I feel for people these days and I think they should have more choices of what colours they want to wear. But she's two. She's two. Well, I don't think it matters. I don't need to, to teach her about all this. She, she what is right, I uh, know, as I'm like, what is traditional is she's a girl, I'm a boy. I know for some of you out there, it gets monotonous here in the same tracks, but different voices. But I'm trying to show it is, it's horrible. It's just horrible. I'm sure Matt and Oregon's tired of hearing it. But no, on my desk is a picture of you and me. Senior years when you were a little guy. And now you're a big guy and can kick my ass. And for my other siblings, the picture. Side yard. Sis, over the years, your frame broke, but I never stopped putting it on my desk. It's a good one. I also have a picture of my family here, which I think this is pretty cool. I don't know if I can get it off. I can't get it off. It's part of the um, pen holder, which I think is pretty fucking cool. This is an interesting stat, too, that 50% of all mothers that are making their boys become trannies also have mental illness. Because that's what it is. It's a mental illness. It's sad. It's a mental illness, though. These people are not well, and they're being preyed upon by an administration that spends all their time trying to wokeify everything. Scientific American runs this lie that decades of data support the use of safety of puberty-pausing medications. That's a complete lie. It's not true. But they, they're going to do it because they want the wokes to like them. And then WAPO. I've done three polls today. Kind of a theme. Most Americans support anti-trans policies. And on this... 57%. The question was, which statement comes close to your views, even if neither is exactly right? Whether someone is a man or a woman is determined by the sex they were assigned at birth. Someone could be a man or a woman, even if that's different from sex they were assigned. No opinion. Which, they still woke the question, assigned birth. It's not assigned. It's not like you get a, a, a freaking title when you come out of your I almost said your mom's vagina that's disgusting but but when you're born that's not no that's you, you either are or aren't it's like biology forever 
majority of Americans to support laws prohibiting discrimination against trans people in housing, jobs, colleges, getting health insurance by medical profession. Then we start once again, just the, the facts are just not going well for the left. But it's going well for people like me that forever have said, this shit's bad. They're pushing shit nobody wants. And the problem is they're pushing it unlegislated, just EOs. This question, most Americans say trans women and girls should not be allowed to compete in sports. 62%. High school, 66. College, professional, 65. Majority of Americans also support counseling, but oppose medication by a lot. Hormone treatment. 58% say they oppose. Most Americans say it's inappropriate for teachers to discuss trans identity to elementary students, which is the crux of all of this. Biden administration says they're all fucking domestic terrorists, but it's everyone. And that didn't stick. On this one, kindergarten, 77% are opposing are saying it's inappropriate. Elementary school, 70%. 52% middle. And the only place they say it's okay is in high school. And, and, and in effect, I agree. It's something that should be discussed. But they're jumping the shark. This is one of the saddest slides I've ever played. This is the ACLU how hair for many black women is our freedom. It gives us agency to show up as we are and in an expression of humanity in the world and does not always. Discriminating against black hair is discriminating, I cannot speak, against black people. And people showed the piercing guy after his transformation because he used to have short crop hair. Short crop hair. Then I... I I'm going to show the worst soundbite I think I've ever seen. But are we surprised? What the fuck is going on? What the fuck is going on? No wonder why the army can't retain people. What the fuck was that? I mean, my po- my po- my point on it is for fuck's sake, you can't do politics in uniform unless you're a lefty. Thanks to Millie. It's a political statement. And then, and I didn't cover it because I really don't fucking care about it. Here is Bridgerton. Listen to this shit. Yeah, I got an OCD on things being crooked. That is once again a white balcony. Could you say that shit if you're anybody else? No. No, you couldn't. White 
Fucking racist. All right, let's uh, do some Megan Kelly. Megan Kelly's going to be our light affair today because she's really starting to fucking come around. Remember, this is the lady trying to take down Trump. Serious question for gun control advocates. You failed to affect change. Please face it. You can do it. You can't do it. Thanks to the 2A. We're all well aware you don't like the fact, but fact is, what's next? Must we just... St- I'm sorry, fact, but fact it is. Fact it is. I'm not able to read today, and I got glasses. Must we just stay here sad, concerned, lamenting? Could we possibly talk other solutions? Mental health interventions. Greater willingness to lock up people in place for civil liberties who are deemed to be a threat. Fortification of soft targets. Coordination of media response. The reality is, across the board, folks, that was a no-gun zone in Texas shooting by a Latina. Latina. Latinx. Uh, I don't fucking know what you guys call it. And I, I got a community note because I forgot to pull this up, so we'll do it live. Um, I got a community note on my Twitter feed because I retweeted a Washington Post article and I put Sarcasm, I've appealed it. I don't know if they're going to accept the appeal. Probably won't. They're saying this guy is a white supremacist. Neo-Nazi. Democracy dies in the dark. Looks like it's dead at WAPO since they are using the far-left skin color graph. And that's why they gave me a warning on it. And then they did remove it, I see. It got removed because it was, um, you know, fucking... I was, like, I guess because I said white supremacy? Fuck, I don't know. That's just the craziest thing in the world. We're going to do this forever. They're using the slide chart that Arabs and light Mexicans and anybody who's close to white, they're doing it on purpose so they can say disproportionately black people are hurt by white people. And it's a fucking lie. But it was Latinx, or whatever you guys are calling it today, who literally went into a mall and shot motherfuckers. Wasn't a white guy. And this is shooting number five in a row by leftists. And the media won't address the simple fact this is happening because of your fucking rhetoric. Your fucking rhetoric. So to our Megan Kelly, she's dragging Keith Oberman and she's dragging Sonny mother fucking hosting for saying America's a fucking shithole. Went, she, I think she went to Binghamton uh, undergrad and she went to Notre Dame Law School, which is a great law school. Her son right now is at Harvard. That son she wants us to think is sitting there oppressed who she's got to fight on behalf of because America is so awful to him. They're educating him right now at Harvard University. And Jason, would you take a look at this? Because I'm going to guess, I haven't been to your house down in Tennessee, but I'm going to guess it doesn't look like this. This is Sonny Hostin's home in this shitty country that she can't stand that doesn't treat black people like Sonny well. She let People Magazine feature (laughs) her home. Look at this dump. This country sucks. 
It, she went to Notre Dame Law School. She makes millions on The View. Her son's at Harvard. I'm sure her daughter's at private school on her way to some Ivy League. This is where Sonny lives. And F off, America. I can't stand how you've kept us all in chains. That's her messaging. Even uh, Keith Olbermann was saying similar things, uh, comparing Tucker to a Nazi. He also, for good measure, decided to tweet about me because I said Tucker is going to be better off without Fox and said something to the effect of, you got fired from Fox and NBC. What would you know about it? So first of all, you misstate the circumstances of my departure from NBC, sir. That's all I'm allowed to say about it. Uh, And as for Fox, there were widely reported facts that I was offered $100 million to stay there. uh, But the record's very clear that I left voluntarily because I wanted to raise my family, something you don't know anything about because no one would marry you and you have no children. You have a cold, lonely life in which you become a bitter, bitter man, something I wouldn't know anything about because my life is joyful and I've managed to raise my own children. And someday I hope you have that pleasure, but I don't have high hopes it's going to happen. Good for her. Good for her. You know, it's just, it's just getting to the point where it's unacceptable. Like shit like this. This is Jim Costa. Let's listen together. When I I think about what happened to the 16-year-old who went to the wrong door, I think that was such a clear example of already paranoia, fear, this idea that after a high-profile mass shooting, people say, I'm not going to be a victim. If someone, you know, comes into the supermarket I'm in, if someone is at the mall where my family is, I'm going to be ready. And we also see that same mentality amongst especially older, more conservative white folks when it comes to black youth um you know they see the images and and his grandson said as much you know they see the images on fox news of young black men and young black teens um doing all sorts of stuff and assume that they're going to be victimized by that person man you got to do some serious stretching to do that articulate that but that's how it works now you can say things like that. That's not racist. That's not inappropriate. There's no fact checkers. Yet if you said the very same thing that um, they see on uh, MSNBC that we need to fucking kick all red wing, red state staters out or we have to freaking take all the guns and blah, 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 blah. Wouldn't fly. Wouldn't fly. You couldn't get away with that because that is rhetoric that is causing five shootings. That's why we're having it. This has been nonstop since 2016. Evil, hateful shit set on TV that fear monger people and they get desperate because we got a shitty economy thanks to Biden Co. And people are losing hope. They're just losing hope. And it's all because of this divisive trying to get clicks media that demonizes everybody. I mean, that full court push this week for trans gun rights is all because the polls don't go their way. So they think they can keep brainwashing and just shove it down your fucking neck 24-7 that you need to give up your guns and that trans people are getting killed and it's all a fucking lie. But every time they're faced with the reality of the polls, what do the American people think? They click on this brainwashing. It's nonstop. Which brings us to our first of two This is America Sounds. Number one, Randy Weinhardt, Weingarten. I'm not going to play the whole thing, but it's seven minutes long. 
of her saying the school shouldn't open, and we just had a media full-court press, PolitiFact, Twitter, everybody said, no, it's a lie to say she didn't call for schools to be reopened. It, it's a fucking lie. This is America. And if people are in high risk, they shouldn't be in school. They should be doing things remotely. Just because Donald Trump wants to take a risk with people who go to bars or beaches, those of us who have spent our life teaching kids are not going to take a risk with kids or with our members' lives. Remote and hybrid are really the only two ways you can reopen um, schools safely. you got to delay school opening because if you don't have the masks, how are you going to be able to do this? There's a huge difference between working in Walmart and working in a school. You know, even a situation like Florida, where it was pretty clear that schools should not reopen, and where Miami schools did not reopen because you had um, people who were courageous and who were willing to defy DeSantos's denials. And they're, why are but they closing now? Martha, they're closing now because what the city said, and frankly, what lots of other places um, are, are also seeing, is a huge skyrocketing increase you, okay, now in you're, the virus Okay, now you're not surge. listening to me. Not, what they're right. telling us, though, is that the wisest scientific move is to have children in school. Is that they're trying to figure out a regional, um, a regional way of opening and closing like they did after they the don't Jewish need to close. That's the point. The they don't of... need to close. Is the point, right. Martha? That when you hit that, no, it says a measurement established said, by the teachers the union mayor... over the summer in order to reach an agreement to reopen in the no. first place was a three percent threshold. The mayor set the three percent threshold. What the teachers union did in New York City afterwards was to say these are the safeguards that we need, and this is the testing we need. Given that, um, all of these experts and scientists say that children are safer in school. It's worked across Europe. It's worked well, across the UK. They never closed their schools during their second spike. And now they're in recovery. They're down 10%. And the kids are not missing out and on what their education. They did, and, what, and what they did in Europe and what they did in New Zealand is that they had national leadership that closed, that, that did mass that actually closed the bars yeah, that did some of those things totally including the stimulus yeah That's given all that is two minutes and 30 seconds of seven minutes lie number two that they can get away with it impunity they can sit at the podium and lie and lie and as stated earlier in the show it is fucking criminal what they're doing at the border this was just day before yesterday well, it didn't have sound. So we'll watch it together. And remember, the border's not open. 90% fall of total people coming in the country. That was said from the podium. They've now announced for an entire month that we're going to open up the border and drop Title 42. That's drone footage. all these people and if you see it it's if you're watching it on video i know you can't hear it on audio it's mostly young men 
We don't know if they were gang members. We don't know who they are, what they are. And we're just letting them in willy-nilly. Because, you know, why not? Why not? Fuck it. Um, it's criminal. And I know I'm beating the dead horse, but for the love of God, seriously, how is that okay? How? I mean, I watched a segment about New York. They're sending them further north, and those people are getting pissed off. A town of 4,500 got 300. They have no place to put them. They had to make the local hotels let them be there, which means those hotels are ruined forever. The amount of taxpayer money with all the freebies, the free travel, we're flying them all over the country, which is against the law. That's illegal transport. You, you and I do it, we go to jail. The coyotes hire people here. Those people go to jail if they get caught. It's fucking criminal. Just criminal. I mean, there's so many things wrong with Biden and the woke and the trans stuff and dividing the country and saying everybody's a white supremacist, Bull Connor, Nazi, ultra duper mega. Hey, that's not cool because you guys spent all that time saying Trump demeaned everybody. Well, now you, you're demeaning 50% of the country, most likely more because the polls showed about 18%, about, what was it? Half the people polled so they would have changed their fucking vote if they would have known this was what Biden was going to be because they were sold by our media and the Chuck Todd-type fuckers that he was going to be a moderate. He's going to bring back norms. Grandpa Joe. I... I think there's many things you can take off of a show like this. One, they can lie at will, and the media is never going to call them on it. They formulate a narrative to support them, just like the letter of the 51 heads. It's a narrative. Oh, it's a lie, but it's for the better good of democracy, quote, quote. Two, the media's rhetoric is catching up. Now we're having all these shootings. People are getting killed. And it all goes back to what they say constantly. As they try to get clicks and talk to the rabid base, base of the left. Who do believe people like you and I should be in re-education camps. Because we're garbage union humans. And there... And all these sound bites today, which I know was a lot, is the overriding theme. They're making a lot of narratives for the Democrats to try to brainwash the American people to keep these idiots in power. And sadly, it'll work. Once again, if Trump goes up, he's going to lose. I don't care what the new polls say. They're going to rig it. It's going to be 2020 all over again. They're going to ballot harvest. There'll be all sorts of suitcases full of ballots. It's going to be a shit show. It'll take six, seven days until they manufacture enough ballots. Because that's exactly what they did last time. They just manufactured ballots. 
It's just a reality. There's no way you got 81 million votes. There's just no fucking way. They... I saw some reports in some areas, and we covered it on the show, more people voted than live there. And that video of denying elections, how many times were there references to electric voting machines? Which furthermore establishes that Dominion is a liberal woke company who's now in charge of most of our election counting. It just feeds the craziest conspiracy theories you could ever think of. But in my journeys lately and talking to people, black, gay, straight, it doesn't matter. They all don't believe 81 votes, 81 mil. They don't believe it. They all believe somebody's selecting the president so they can get their agenda across. And whoever that person is rigs the vote. Those are statements of people I never thought they would say it because I don't say that shit in public. I don't look like a tinfoil hat. We're not going to be able to reclaim this country. It's just not going to happen. Because even if Biden gets voted out, it'll take a complete four years to try to deprogram the regulations and stop this insanity. And that's what it is. It's it's insanity. So this wraps up another episode of Flyover Politic Podcast. Go to SoundCloud Flyover Politic with the K Rumble 482467. Send me an email at foppodcast at gmail.com. Our next show will be uh, let's go Thursday. Um Thursday the eleventh. And uh, yeah, by then we should have some decent stuff to talk about. Disconnected you from all your vices. Don't give the yeah yes. And as always, thanks for listening. Every death is a tragedy, y'all. It's seven lives.